Well, good morning, Mercy Road. How are we doing? Good. If you're joining us online, welcome to our worship service, and we appreciate your presence here with us, too. We are in a bye week. We have uh, one week in between a series here, and uh, we're going to move into a series that will hit on relationships, but it also will bring up some emotions because it's on the book of Job, basically a man who went through intense amounts of suffering. And the question of the book of Job is, is God there, and does he care? And does he have a plan even when we walk through really hard things? So in preparation for that, before we start going through the book of Job, I welcome you to, to read it this week if that appeals to you. Uh, but I'd also like us to spend a little time on the subject of boundaries today in relationships. And there's really two categories that I'd like us to look at from an ancient letter that an apostle wrote to a church in Galatia. So it's called Galatians is the letter. We'll be in chapter 6. And what are we talking about? We're talking about backpacks and boulders today. Backpacks and boulders. It'll make sense momentarily. So let's go right to the scripture. Carry each other's burdens, and this, in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. I've highlighted those two scriptures because have you ever read the Bible and you come across two little scripture verses in context of each other and it seems like they're contradicting each other? And you wonder, you know, I thought the Bible was inspired by God and it's supposed to fit and make sense and it's telling me to do one thing, but then it's telling me to do something else. Because it seems to be saying, if we want to live in Christian community and be people who live and love like Jesus, we have to carry each other's burdens. But then, that's verse 2. In verse 5, it says, each one should carry his or her own Load And how does that work? Because if everyone's carrying their own load and their own burdens, why would they need help carrying those burdens? And is it wrong to help people carry burdens? And when is it wrong? And am I enabling or am I helping? What's the deal? And that's what we're talking about. Sometimes uh, the ancient language that the scriptures were written in, uh, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, knowing those languages are helpful. And sometimes, let's be honest, preachers make too big of a deal out of that. You know, some, some words in Greek are just very simply translated the same word in English. But there is nuance. And if you know a second language, you know that there's some words that, that you really just need to be a native speaker to understand. If you're taking notes, the first point I'd like us to make, as followers of Jesus, we need to understand the difference between backpacks and boulders. And I'll show you what I mean by that. If you see in verse 2, right at the top, carry each other's burdens, that word burden is a specific Greek word. And then in verse 5, for each one should carry their own load. Load is a specific word in Greek. And they look like synonyms, two words that basically mean the same thing in English, right? A burden, a load. In Greek, it's not quite as cut and dry. The Greek word for burden in verse 2 means excess burdens or burdens that are so heavy we are crushed by them. The image of a boulder does come to mind. So let me get a little more personal and a little less technical. Are you carrying a boulder today? Is something feeling very, very heavy, like it's just crushing you? I was talking to my friend Terrell, who's an inner-city uh, pastor to a predominantly African-American congregation. He's been a guest preacher here. Terrell has been battling 
a very form of aggressive cancer for three years. It's kind of a miracle he's still alive. And we were talking about this verse together, and I explained the idea of a boulder, and he said, oh, man, yeah, this cancer is like a boulder. It's just crushing you, man. And so I invite you to pray for Terrell and his family this week because it's hard, and that's one of the ways we carry each other's boulders. Have you ever really lifted a boulder? They're, they're a lot heavier than you would think. We had to remove a tree in my backyard this summer, and it was surrounded by a bunch of boulders, and so I invited my buddy Frank over, and you know, you know you're a good buddy when you take that call. It's like, hey, do you want to move like 10 or 12 boulders that are half submerged in the dirt? And we're in there with the, the crowbar, and we're trying to get them out, and, it, and then it broke the wheelbarrow. I mean, like, we finally lifted it, and now we need a better wheelbarrow. Boulders are like that. Oftentimes, they need more than one friend to help. And ultimately, the heaviest boulders we carry, God alone can lift them for us. But that's the word boulder, and we translate that burden. But then in verse 5, at the end there, in the highlighted portion... The Greek word for load in verse 5 means something like cargo or knapsack. It's a euphemism for knapsack in the Greek. This, this really gives a meaning of the burden of daily responsibilities, everyday things that we're accountable for. And we don't really carry knapsacks, but we do carry backpacks. In fact, I carry this backpack all the time. People make fun of me because it's so heavy because I carry commentaries and books and Things like that, you just never know when you're going to need something. And so, I've got a lot of stuff in here. And you've got to admit it'd be strange if I was riding on the metro. And I was, you know, holding that little rail, going downtown. And all of a sudden I said, hey, would you mind just carrying this for the rest of the thing? Just to a random stranger? Maybe they'd say yes, maybe they'd say no. But I think the facial expression that I would get from most of the population would be like, that's a you problem. <laughs> you pack the bag, you carry the bag. Backpacks, intuitively, are something that we are meant to carry. And so if boulders are like cancer, the loss of a loved one, extreme grief, uh, depression, mental health issues, addiction, a feeling like we want to end our lives, uh, we're fired from a job, uh, just life feeling so overwhelming in light of that phone call that changed our entire life. If that's a boulder, a backpack is something more like the things I'm responsible for. Only I can make a decision if I want to follow Jesus. No one makes that decision for me. Or I am responsible for planning dates with my wife. Sometimes I forget this and I don't plan enough, but, but I need to be engaged in the marriage. That's not my parents' job or my friend's job to do. Like, I have to show up and be an active participant in my marriage. And, and I need to be a present father, and nobody's going to do that except for me. And in, in a real sense, no one should be doing that. There's some daily responsibilities. If I'm able-bodied and I can earn a paycheck, I really should be trying to do that and contributing to the needs Paul takes it uh, really far. At one place in the New Testament, he says, you know, if you're, if you're not willing to work and you can, maybe you, you shouldn't be eating. <laughs> so in, in other words, work and eat. If you really don't want to work just because you're lazy, then don't eat. And it's that, it's that simple. And yet it's not that simple, and Paul understands that nuance. 
So here's another way to think about this, if you're taking notes. We must help people lift the boulders in their life that are obviously boulders because they're going to crush them if we don't, but especially the hidden boulders, the hidden boulders. What's a hidden boulder? Well, I already referenced the landscaping version of it. It's when it's half submerged, and that's really tricky to pick up because it's not just the weight of the boulder. It's surrounded by years of compact soil. So you get crowbars, and it's like sucking back into the earth, and it's so difficult to get out. I had a garden hose and a pressure sprayer and a sledgehammer and two friends. Those submerged boulders are really difficult, and I think metaphorically speaking, that's so the case with human beings with followers of Jesus and not followers of Jesus. Do you realize that there are people that you come into contact with every day? Maybe people in your immediate family or your friend group that are carrying profoundly heavy, hidden boulders. And nobody really knows about that. This is often the case when, when someone attempts suicide or when someone comes to the end of themselves or something bad happens, someone gets a DWI, something, these, these traumatic things and people are shocked and how did that happen? And in many cases, not all, but in many cases, there's hidden boulders. And, and why would there be hidden boulders? I mean, if you're stuck carrying a boulder, did you notice I didn't bring a prop up here like a boulder because I didn't want to carry a boulder? If you're holding one of those things, the, lo the logical position is you would say, hey, hey, could you help me? Because I can't keep holding this boulder, but there are forces that are almost stronger than the boulder's weight. One of those is shame. Shame is a very powerful thing. I heard a, a definition of shame once that I, I'd love to pass on to you. It's very helpful. Shame is believing that I am the problem. I am a problem. I'm just problematic. I'm nothing but a problem. Whereas, Conviction from the Holy Spirit or a healthy self-awareness is believing I have a problem. And you can even go further. Some people aren't quite struggling with shame. They're not quite self-aware enough to, to be convicted by the Holy Spirit to realize they have a problem. They're just struggling with pride. And pride says, I have no problems. And I would argue that pride itself is a hidden boulder because I've never met a truly happy, prideful person. It's a condition that I wouldn't wish on anybody. It's a condition of self-sufficiency that, that lends itself to judging others constantly. So are you dealing with shame today? When I said that line a few seconds ago, shame says, I am a problem. I'm nothing but a problem. Did that move something in you? Did you start to say, wow, that hurt when he said that because I kind of know deep down that's what I tell myself. If you are, one, Jesus can lift that boulder of shame. But two, it probably means you have other hidden boulders that your shame is keeping halfway submerged in the ground. And the good news is that not only can God lift that boulder, the way he does that is through Christian community, people who say, nobody's perfect, Everything is possible. We don't expect perfection, but, we, but God calls us into progress. And this is a place where it is, frankly, okay to admit that you're not okay and to say, it's been a tough journey for me, and I have some boulders that I've been carrying for a long time, and whether you see them or not, I need you to help me. 
That's why we have a prayer chapel that didn't exist when we moved in. We blew out the space there and put in doors and took a little bit of the end of the children's ministry hallway to, to make a small room. And some of you have been in there and you're like, why would I ever go in there? Because that's where you drop your boulders and you never have to pick them up again. But that would make me feel super nervous because I'd have to go talk to somebody. And, and what if the other people saw me walk in there and they thought that I was dealing with the one boulder, but it's actually just a smaller boulder. It's not that big of a boulder. I guess it's up to you. If you want to carry that boulder for the rest of your life, that's fine. But if you don't, feel free to just pull another brother or sister aside and say, I just want to drop this. I just want to give it over to God. We must help people lift boulders that are crushing them, especially hidden ones. As a side note, every membership class, people ask me, like, what's the bottom line? How many times do I got to come to church? Like, per month. To which I say, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no mandatory attendance policy at Mercy Road, and we're not going to, you know, call your parents and tell, tell them that you've been truant or give you hall passes. You can watch all online or come every single time. I mean, logical you know, um, common sense would tell us that if you're never coming face-to-face, -face, you, you, you're really not entering in much of a community. You're, you have the veneer of a community, and consistency matters and all of that. But why does consistency matter beyond meeting your own personal needs? Because maybe the reason you're supposed to come to church this Sunday is not that the message that the preacher's preaching on is so incredibly relevant for you, it's not because the songs that were chosen were so perfect to, to kind of give you a quiver in your liver and make you feel, but because you were supposed to come and just have a simple prayer in your head, Lord, you have my lips. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Direct me as you will. And just maybe God will give you special insight into someone who you've never met or someone who you've known for years who's sitting near you or in the row behind you or having coffee and chatting small talk afterwards, and just maybe you're the only one that that person is going to be comfortable with unloading a boulder on, helping to bear their burdens. That's how the, the Spirit of God directs us in Christian community, and that's why that's one reason why consistency matters. So we must help people lift those crushing boulders. Only God can help us to do that, especially the hidden ones but here's another warning. We must not regularly carry people's backpacks for them. If you haven't noticed, we're in a politically divided moment, just a little bit. And if you look at the extreme left and the extreme right in our country, they argue about a lot of stuff. But one of the things they argue about are boulders and backpacks. You, you see, um, the term liberal means generous. That's what liberal means. And so in their initial founding, the liberal party was the generous party. And conservative, you know, means cautious, prudent. And so if you take those polarities to the extreme, you might just become the type of person who's so incredibly liberal and generous that every backpack looks like a boulder to you. Like the stuff that people are supposed to carry because their image bearers of God, and we, we thrive on purpose and responsibility, and if everybody does everything for us, we actually start to wither, and, and happiness eludes us. 
that fact will start to elude you. And you'll, you'll say, let me do this for you, and this for you, and this for you, and I'll carry that for you. And you don't need to carry anything, and you can just be, and I'll do it all for you. But if you take the conservative line of thinking to the extreme, you might just become the type of person who will look at suffering people crushed under the weight of real boulders and say, pick that up and throw it in your backpack. What, do you want me to hit it with a sledgehammer, make little pieces for it, then we'll stack it and fit it in your backpack? You just need to move forward. I remember in the Army in basic training, you know, I joined as a chaplain. They made me through, go through basic training, and we are doing a ruck march, and some poor guy fell out. He just kind of, whoo, just, he had like a 60-pound ruck, and he just was marching, and then he was not, not marching, and it was raining. And this was a problem for me as a chaplain to be, I said, come on, you can, you can hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Those drill sergeants are not going to like the laying down part. You know, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then I made the mistake of, I'll just, I'll just kind of help you with your backpack, and all of a sudden... I was descended upon. Don't touch him. Don't help him. He will get up. And it was actually really sad. You, you wonder why some veterans have suicide rates <laughs> that they do. But, you know, I mean, you know, we all had to march by him and kind of just judge him silently as he laid there in the rain and eventually had the choice to get up. And I don't know if the drill sergeant helped him or not. That would be an extreme example of maybe somebody who's dealing more with a boulder and it was mistaken for a backpack. And some of you, based on your personalities, or your, your parenting uh, experience with your own parents, you're constantly the type of person who's looking at other people's problems and saying, oh my gosh, just get it together. Ruck up, get that on your shoulders, move forward one foot after the other. That's a you problem, not a me problem. And every boulder is a backpack for you. And if that's you, maybe would you be open to the fact that there are some issues that are a little more complex than others, that some people are dealing with things that you have never dealt with, and frankly, if you were exposed to the level of pain that they're experiencing in that particular moment, you would fall over it and be immobile in the rain. This is why older people tend to balance out between the extremes, because the more we live, the more we start to realize, oh, that's not a backpack, that's a boulder, or that's not a boulder, that's a backpack. God starts to wise us up through the jagged edges of life experience. So we're not supposed to carry other people's backpacks for them. I mean, I have two boys, and one of them is really diligent about getting his backpack on in the morning and packing it and getting out to the bus stop, and the other really doesn't do that so well, and I have to tell him probably like five times, like, put your shoes in the backpack, put your shoes in the backpack, put your shoes in the backpack, pack your backpack, back, put your backpack, do you have your library books, do you have your library books, do you have your library books, now you have to put your shoes on, now you have to, okay, I'll help you put your shoes on, and there's this weird little balance, because he's going to be seven, so it's not like he's 27. If he was 27 and exhibiting those same behaviors, and I was helping him put his backpack on, that is a me problem. That's enabling. Just by way of advertisement, we have these wonderful things called phase guides that are free to anyone who comes to church. They're in the, the atrium and the cafe and in the parent resource center. It's an instruction manual for each year of your kid's life. And one of the best parts is it tells you, in this case, ninth grader. Your ninth grader is changing physically, has difficult falling asleep before 11 p.m., but still needs nine hours of sleep per day. Well, that would be really good information to know when I, as a parent, am figuring out what 
Is it their problem? What's a backpack in their life with regard to their sleeping habits? And what's something that I need to take more responsibility for? Guys are getting taller, smellier, hairier, and gaining muscle mass. They also experience voice changes, weird dreams, and increased acne. You know, that also will inform what I expect of my kid mentally, increasingly able to focus, recall, and organize information. Overly self-aware may think everybody's watching me. And so if they're chronically insecure at this state, and I feel like they should just take more responsibility for their identity in Christ and stop being so insecure, I might be mistaking a boulder for a backpack, developmentally speaking. And it's not just kids, but, but it starts there because nobody ever learned how to carry a decent weight of a backpack overnight. It's a gradual pro process. Just like you learned how to crawl, and then you learned how to walk, and then you learned how to run. I would never put a 60-pound U.S. Army rock on the back of my nine-year-old boy because it would give him back problems if he could even lift it for a second. He has an appropriate-sized backpack for his age, and as he matures, the weight increases, not because life is drudgery and hard and we need to be downcast, but because we are actually most alive and fulfilled when we are taking responsibility for our own lives and when we are living our lives in such a way that causes other people to flourish and honors God, and that requires that we carry the things that we're responsible for. But that's a progress and a process. So how do you get out of that awkward situation where you've been carrying somebody's backpack for them and you come to Mercy Road Church and you hear this standalone sermon and you realize the difference between the Greek word for burden and cargo and you're like, uh-oh, I've been enabling someone and doing something for them that they should be doing for themselves. Well, first of all, you ask the question, could they and should they be doing this themselves? This came up in my own marriage with laundry. Erica was washing all the clothes. And I'm one of those people that I think I just like to be overly hygienic. Like, so I, I wash my clothes maybe more than I should. Like, you know, some of you like wear a dress shirt three times. And we smell you, by the way. Um, but like, I'll wear it for like a half a day or one sermon. I'll be like, that needs to be washed just in case, right? So I create an inordinate amount of laundry. Bath towels, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at that too. Um, and my poor wife is now doing laundry for three littles and herself and me, and we had to have a little heart-to-tart -tart about backpacks and boulders. You see, my laundry habits were creating a boulder that she couldn't lift. And the result was her needing to say, I think you need to do your own laundry, Mike. And I have for the last few years, and it's the weirdest thing. Like, our marriage has gone better. And I've actually learned how to not be wasteful with my laundry habits and take more responsibility. And I think, very incrementally, it's making me better at fashion. But I'm not sure. <laughs> That's debatable, that's out to lunch. I'm taking responsibility, but, but do you know, she taught me the, the five words that are the magic words that you need to know. When you're carrying someone's backpack for them and they should be carrying it, here are the five magic words. Are you ready for them? Yeah, this 
just doesn't work for me. Or is that six? <laughs> six. Hey, I wasn't a math major. This just doesn't work for me. This just doesn't work for me. Your behavior right now, this just isn't going to work for me. And so, so I'm going to need to stop doing this. Or, or if you continue to persist in this behavior, then I'm going to need to do this because this just isn't going to work for me. I think oftentimes when we've been carrying somebody's backpack for too long, we feel like we need to give this incredible reason and like do an in-depth psychological chart for them as to why for the following nine reasons you need to start carrying the backpack. But, but in when in reality, we just need to set a boundary and just, this just isn't going to work for me. It's okay for you to do your own laundry. This just isn't going to work for me. It's okay for you to pay for your own cell phone plan because you're 49. This just isn't going to work for me. Are there exceptions? Is there nuance? Do some people have disabilities that make this a lot less cut and dry than other indicators? Uh, obviously. And this is why we need to be steeped in God's word and reliant on the Holy Spirit for wisdom in our life. And we need to ask for wise counsel in our life. But I do know this. If we carry other people's backpack for them long enough, we're doing them no favor because they might just become the type of person that forget how to bear any weight on their shoulders. This is so hard with kids, isn't it? Because I, especially the cuter ones among my three, no, they're all cute. You just want to bubble wrap them and keep them safe. And I can do it, and it's easy and faster for me to do it, so why don't I just do it for them? You know, have you ever seen like a seven-year-old try to load a dishwasher? You're going to be there for a while, right? You know, and so how do you even have the patience to get them to carry their own backpack? And yet, let's be honest, parents and grandparents, some of us have been carrying backpacks that we shouldn't be carrying, not because we're so loving, but because we're kind of lazy. And we don't want to invest what would probably be three times the amount of energy and creativity and discipline in helping them learn how to carry that. It's just easier for me to do. Or we're fearful. We're fearful that that could hurt their shoulders, and so we don't engage. The good news is no situation is irredeemable, and the, and the better news is God is the best kind of parent and that leads us to our last point. Jesus will lift the crushing boulder of sin and death he has on the cross. But he actually loves you and me too much to carry our backpacks for us. If you're not a believer, the gospel, the good news message is that God so loved the world, he died for you. And so the biggest boulder you'll ever have to carry, your own sin and the sin of the world and the consequences that come with that, that has been lifted Permanently, And so you don't have to live in a sense of shame. You don't have to look at yourself as the problem. You can just simply admit, yeah, I have lots of problems like other people. But one problem I don't have is being sideways with God anymore because he loved me and he died for me and I just have to accept it as a gift. That's the gospel. If you haven't accepted, I highly encourage you to, unless you enjoy laying underneath crushing boulders for all of your life. But... It doesn't end there. He cares about what we do in this life. It's not just about dying and going to heaven. In other words, he loves us too much to let us walk without a backpack. And so for me, that's simple. 
he gave me an assignment and he gave it to you to go make disciples of all people, to invite them into this gospel awareness, and he's not going to do it for us. So I have these little welcome cards to Mercy Road in my backpack, a few of them, and every once in a while I get prompted to invite somebody to church, but that's weird for me, right? Because it's kind of like, hey, what are you doing next Sunday? You want to come hear me speak? Right? <laughs> also, I'm super humble and I'm a representative of Jesus Christ, you know? But that's still, that's still something in my backpack that I either carry or I expect God to carry, and he's not going to do that for us, Mercy Road. If we want lost people to be found in this church, that is on you to some extent. Will God give us favor and miracles and resources? Oh, absolutely, more than we ever will realize. But, but it's not as if we can just sit down and not, not cooperate with him. And, and, and here's my business card. You know, if we want a calling that's fulfilling in life, to use our gifts as a means of grace to help other people and to serve God, we're going to have some implied backpack carrying to do. You're going to have to figure out what God put you on earth to do and what you're good at and what makes you feel alive. And God's not going to do all that work for you, but he'll help you and will help you. But no one but you can fully carry the implied tasks of a career and a vocation and a calling and maybe for some of you, you need to hear that because you've just been kind of waiting for God to just figure it all out and line everything up and tell you exactly what to do. And he's waiting for you to take a few steps. Here's, here's one that I think relates to last week's sermon as we talked about total surrender and being in a love relationship with God. I often get a comment from people where they say, look at your Bible, it's so tattered. You must be so holy. That's amazing, right? Well, it looks like this because it's been all over Iraq and different places in the world and in rucksacks, and the binding got really beat up. It's not because I've read the Bible more than any other human being on the planet and all that use just teared it up. Uh, but I do believe that this is something in my backpack, and God's not going to impart all of this for me. Like, I have to read it. Like, the Bible, some Christians think, works through osmosis. You know, they, they keep a Bible on their desk, never open they keep a Bible in their car. They keep a Bible in their backpack. They keep a Bible, you know, on the shelf. Some of you have 10 Bibles, and you haven't cracked one in 10 years because that's Mike's job. This is something I'm either going to do or not, and God will not do it for me. He could have. You think we're smarter than God? Like, we figured out the cloud and downloading things instantly. He could have done that. We could have just woken up and been like, whoa, the minor prophets. Like, I see it all now. Mike was wrong about that last Hebrew word seven sermons ago. Boom, you know, like he could impart all of that. And here's another one that we need to do. It's my journal. Sometimes I can gauge my emotional health, the health of my marriage, my quality as a father, my general level of contentment in life by how frequently they're or my handwriting shows up in here. It always is in my backpack. I've committed to leaving it in my backpack. And sometimes even weeks will go by where I don't write. And I'll be scrambling for an important document related to an important meeting. And I'll see my little blue journal or whatever color it is in this season of my life. And I'll think to myself, it's been a while. And if I'm honest, there's a tendency, a temptation to be like, why do I have to do that? That's hard work. Why do I have to get up early and find a quiet time and write and pray and talk to God about my emotions? Can't he just do that for me? Can't somebody else do that for me? And, and sometimes, if I'm honest, I just 
listen to really good preachers and really good podcasts, and I've even seen good therapists, and I've hoped maybe they can do that for me, and yet I realize that there are some things that go in my backpack that only I can carry, namely my relationship, my personal relationship with God. Either I show up for that or I don't. Matthew eleven twenty eight is a scripture that even a lot of non-believers know. We'll close with this. He, Jesus said this to all people, and he says it to us through the centuries. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you hear what he's saying there? If you're carrying a, board, a boulder today, and everybody knows about it, or nobody knows about it, if it feels crushing to you, Jesus says, come to me, and I'll lift that for you. I'll remind you that you're not a problem. You might have problems, and I can help you with that, but you are loved. You're a child of God, and I can lift that for you. And if you don't believe me, there was a really big boulder that was blocking off my tomb a long time ago, and I had very little problem lifting that. Whatever you're dealing with is not harder. But then he goes on, because a lot of us stop there. Oh, I love Jesus. He's the boulder lifter. Awesome. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know what a yoke is? It's a big, curved, wooden thing that goes on your shoulders. It's kind of an ancient version of a backpack. Before they had really strong military-grade straps that would hold big weights, it was a big thing that you would put on a team of oxen or on a human. They had yokes for human, too, to like carry buckets of water. And a yoke in ancient Judaism was a synonym for the set of teachings that a rabbi, a Jewish teacher, would demand his, his students would follow. And he's saying, I'm a Jewish rabbi, you're my students and followers, take my yoke upon you. And it's actually going to give you rest. But a yoke always implies some version of work and action and next step. A yoke is not something you put on when you just take a nap. You're carrying something. There's many places in the Bible where you could really read about the implications of the yoke. If you're looking for an example, I would highly recommend Colossians chapter 3, starting at 5. He says, put to death all these things, incrementally kill sin off in your life. And then he turn, makes the turn at verse 12 and says, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. These are things you can do with him. It's part of the yoke. My prayer for you, Mercy Road, my prayer for me as we enter into this series on Job is that we would understand the difference between boulders and backpacks and we would become the type of community more and more so that is quick to lift each other's boulders and to carry our own backpacks as God empowers us to do so. Let's pray. God, help us to grow in wisdom and application of your word. For anyone here who's struggling under the crushing weight of a boulder, would you give them the hope that they need? Inject them with hope. Would you connect them with somebody in this community or elsewhere that can see that boulder and lift that boulder? Would you just encourage them today and let them know that they weren't made to live under the crushing weight of a boulder, no matter what it is? And there will be a day when every tear is wiped away and we live in a new heavens and a new earth and a new body and there literally won't be boulders to crush anyone. For those of us who are struggling with the backpack part of this teaching, 
maybe we're struggling to carry our own load, and, and this convicts us. This sermon makes us realize we've been looking to other people, and maybe even to you, to do stuff that we've, we were meant to do. Would you give us the courage and, and the insight and the discipline to start carrying a backpack? Bring people in our lives to show us how to do that. For those of us who have been carrying other people's backpacks in a way that has enabled them or it just hasn't been good for them, help us to, to say in love, not in judgment, this just isn't working for me. I love you too much to carry this for you anymore. Let's figure this out together and help you carry this. We pray that your Holy Spirit would intercede on our behalf, asking what we would ask if we had your perfect perspective. Bless this coming series. Bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, if you would stand with me and respond to that message.